The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. The following is a presentation of Real Racing USA. And so it is. Hey. And so it is. Inside Florida Racing, you're here with us. Uh, a new, what do I want to say? A new beginning? Is this a new beginning to the end? No, it's not the end. <laughs> it's a different tack. <laughs> uh, welcome to Inside Florida Racing. As always, we're going to cover uh, racing in Florida. And uh, you've got me, Rob Elting, uh a.k.a. Bonehead, as I've known in uh, several um, areas. Several bars. Jack Smith, Smith, uh, he's working the controls. Well, you know, I'm working controls now, too. We've kind of uh, got us a dual studio going and uh, trying some new stuff. It's like one of them power boats, man. It's got, like, dual controls, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We're diversified. We've got studio in Tampa, studio in Northport, Looking to have a studio in uh, your house. That's the idea. The more studios, the better, the way I look at it. Absolutely. Can't have enough. Yeah. Uh, speaking of can't get enough, tonight uh, we're going to do an hour of carding, which, uh, you know, we've brought the segment along on our show, and the segments have really been good. Mike Portman has really uh, helped us tremendously in uh, getting some good guests. And what we're starting to realize, which I already knew this to begin with, is that they're a lot of you folks out there that do karting, um, uh, a lot of folks that uh, race cars, which we've covered uh, for years, you know, car racing, uh, a lot of those folks used to do karting. And a lot of times, Jack, what seems to be happening more uh, than not is it's a vicious cycle and you end up back racing cars again. Seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, talking to Lake Speed, Hey, you can't find a guy that's raced more than Lake Speed. I don't care who we've talked to. Yeah. You know, there's not another guy out there that's raced more than him. And he's back racing carts again to keep himself sharp. You know, Rob, uh, before we get into the karting stuff, you want to you want to take on, uh, just run around the state here real quick um, uh, with things that happened around the state? Well, first of all, let's cover uh, our co-host, Cece, is not gone by any means. No. She has been ill, and it's getting better. And um, 
is going to make a return on Inside Florida Racing maybe next week, maybe week after. That's right. You see, I hope you're feeling better. How you feeling, Jack? I feel all right. I feel all right. Tell you what, I had a busy weekend, though. I, I uh, of course, went to the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series uh, Powell Memorial at Ocala Speedway. We went to broadcast Real Racing USA, broadcast that live, as we do all United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series races. And uh, and how was that? Uh, well, once again, the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series, of course, it didn't hurt that it was the Powell Memorial, but uh, packed the house. Over 3,000 race fans uh, came out to Ocala on uh, on a sa- a Friday night. It was... It was a very warm Friday, um, <laughs> to say the least, but I'll tell you, it was packed. I mean, that place was wall-to-wall, and uh, 41 cars, uh, 41 race teams came to play, and uh, local favorite, of course, Ivan and Lloyd came through, and uh, although he had, you know, he had uh, he had to deal with Johnny Collins, and uh, of course, Mark Whitener, who had to start from, come, come all the way from the rear, he didn't start the rear, but he had to come all the way from the rear ended up third and it was um, it was interesting no doubt and uh, well, uh tell, tell us about the race a little bit there jack it's an exciting moment well it was you know in the early stages it was uh you know of course uh, keith nosbridge started right up front there with ivan and they were going at it and in the very early part of the race keith had something go wrong with his race car and uh as did Sean Smith, as a matter of fact. Who, Sean was uh, had a pretty good starting position in the top six or seven or whatever he was up there, but he didn't make the race either because uh, mechanical issues between the the heat races and the race starting, and he couldn't make the the feature. But uh, I, Ivan and Lloyd led the whole race. There was a, a lot of cautions. He got stuck on lap fifteen. Had one of those times where you had you just couldn't get off that lap. They had three. Uh, cautions uh, in a row there on lap 15 and uh, on one of those uh, Johnny Collins had actually got the lead but he hadn't come around they hadn't made a full lap yet and um, that was as close as anybody came to beating Ivan and Lloyd and uh, that was that was pretty much that handy night huh sounds like he had a real handy night yeah five thousand dollars to the better and, and of course you know James Powell was, uh, shall we say, delirious in the uh, winter circle. He was extremely happy, uh, and uh, uh, there's some photographs on uh, uh, Real Race in USA and elsewhere on the internet uh, depicting that. Uh, James was very, very happy at the end of the race, no doubt, and uh, it was a big deal. Yeah, it always is a big deal, you know, and that's a great race for for uh, James and. Uh you know, terrible circumstances that that happened, but... Yeah, and then... Uh, great way for him to remember and uh, I know he would have loved to have been racing. Yeah, he would have. Uh, it was rare not to see him in the race, but uh, it, it was it was a good deal. You can go get all the info and insight on that on UnitedDirtLateModels.com, and there's a lot of photographs from uh, Robert Wing, is also the, uh, and also Rick Warren, of course, who is the... United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series series photographer, but uh, then on Rob, so Ken Kenny, who runs that series, of course, he uh, had already had a track preparation day planned down at uh, Henry County Motorsports Park, and so he had to be back down there. He drove all night to to get back home, 
eight o'clock in the morning they started. I got down there around oh right around noon. There was about sixty to seventy people down in Henry County, um, at the, the you know what is now the Henry County Motorsports Park. Palm trees everywhere, all kinds of sod going. The place is being transformed, and there's a lot of pictures and information about that place on henrycountyracing.com. There's about 70 photographs from uh, the work that went on over the weekend. Um, the track will be ready, and the track will be open for business uh, on July 18th. Yeah, I did notice that Volusia... Uh, that Ivan won there too, so he had him a, a. Oh yeah, he had him a fabulous weekend working he, towards him being uh, the driver of the month. And, and speaking of uh, Volusia, of course, there's a story on Carnac.com about uh, Buzzy's Buzzy's Wild Ride. Yeah, I, I was working on that. Yeah, that's where I was going with all this at Volusia, but uh, Buzzy looked like he was on fire, having a good race, and then all of a sudden, uh, the race came to an end, uh, flipping over, but he's okay. Sounds like they had a great modified race. They had 26 cars and 23 late models. At least some good racing there. Of course, uh, well, you know, our man told us that they were going to last week. He said they were going to have a heck of a show, and uh, looks it looks like they surely did. Yeah, and uh, Philip Cobb won uh, the late model race over at East Bay. Now, I don't know how many cars they had because I didn't have time to actually dig in that much detail, but I know they had at least 18 late models. Um, at East Bay, and there was probably a few more than that. But uh, Philip Cobb, uh, who didn't have such a good night at Ocala on Friday night, uh, won at uh, at East Bay. As a matter of fact, he and Jeff Matthews battled down to the wire, and Philip took the win right at the end. Um, so dirt racing around Florida this week was all, a little bit. Uh, it was it was pretty good actually. Um, and there was asphalt races that were working out. Raymond Love Lady uh, won the late models there at Auburndale, and. Uh, Rockin' Robert Chris wins the Richie Potts Serving Memorial 50-lap pure stock feature at DeSoto. Uh, top offers the East Bay Late Models, like you said. Hey, if you want to look at them, go to Carnac.com. Hey, you know, though, the, the big loser in this whole deal this weekend, the Modifieds, this was a, an interesting week for open-wheel Modifieds uh, in Florida. Um, of course, they had the uh, Joslin Memorial 50-lap uh race over at Orlando on Friday night, which uh, Robbie Cooper won, and um, I think they had 20 cars. It was Crash Fest was the way one person who was there uh, described it to me. And but uh, many races are described that way. Yeah, um, but I think seven cars or something like that finished the, the, the feature. But anyway, they had 20 modified show up for the Jaws Memorial, which is a good thing over there at um, the track being operated now by um, Mr. Bristol. But then, uh, Rob, Columbia Motorsports Park had a $2,000 to win uh, race at Columbia. Okay, They had a $2,000 to win modified race. They only drew, according to the reports that I got, they only drew 10 cars. Well, I doubt that they called anybody. I mean, when they run late models, I don't get a call. Well, okay. this was modifieds, but Citrus... Had 21 open-wheel modifieds, and David Foster got his first feature win. So, I don't know. Nonsense. What do you say? Scheduling races on the same day, there's not enough. Yeah, that's that's pretty tough stuff, huh? And that's about all I have to say about this weekend in uh, 
stock car racing myself. We got some things to talk about before we go, but uh, at the end of the show, coming up events, of course, Scott Thompson Memorial. We'll talk about that for just a minute. But do uh, you have anything else about this stuff? Nope. Uh, that's enough about uh, auto racing today. We're going to uh, concentrate on uh, some karting and some uh, great guys in karting, people that uh, um, folks out there in the karting world are going to definitely know who they are. Uh, Ron Moon. Uh, famous uh, engine builder and uh, great racing champion. Uh, we've got David Evans. Um, he also, a uh, 65-year-old resident of St. Petersburg, Florida, has been racing parts for years. We're going to hear from him. And also one of the biggest uh, diversified karting promoters around. Daryl Legg is going to be on. And uh, we'll have them on coming up uh, right after break. We're taking a break. Yeah, we are. You're listening Inside Florida Racing and... Uh, Get ready for some karting. Um, your online racing community since 1997. Karnak.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Karnak.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Karnak gets it done. Trouble mind. I left my body 
right, welcome back to Inside Florida Racing. I'm Jack Smith here with Rob Elting, as always. Rob? Yes, I'm here. Take it away. Introduce our next guest, man. Uh, next uh, guest here uh, is Ron Moon of Moon Power. And, uh, Ron, how you doing? Hey, uh, hey, Rob, uh, Rob, what we need to do is get Ron to turn down his computer or move away from it, I believe. Are you there, Ron? You there, guys? Yeah, you need to, Ron, can you, uh, like, move away from your computer or turn it down? Yeah. Oh, shoot, I got that thing off. I got that AT&T Universe. You think it's bleeding through or... Can you hear me now, Ron? I can barely hear you. How about now? Still barely hear you. I hear just a bunch of music in the background. How about now? Can you hear us? And I welcome back to there you go. Hey, Jack, is your mic on? Yeah, my mic's on. There you go. Now, we didn't hear you at all. Just uh... Good, good. How you doing, guys? All right, Ron. Uh, a little technical difficulties, but are you there? Can you hear me with any problem? Hang on. I'll tell you what. We're going we're gonna to take a little quick break here and fix whatever this, this is. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Dishonest Cable TV hooker-upper. Mr. Dishonest Cable TV hooker-upper. On any given day, somewhere between 9 and 4.30, you arrive ready to bring us the world. And for an extra 20, you'll bring us porn. Naughty, naughty boy. Hey, you've already got the van and the jumpsuit. Why not get into criminal activity? After all, what are they going to do? Throw you in cable jail? I don't think so. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light manhandler of the Scrambler, because isn't it about time someone hooked you up? Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, I'm Tyler Ivey, driver of the number 47 car, and you're listening to Real Racing USA.
Inside Florida Racing. Rob, let's try this again now. Hey, nothing's ever easy, Jack. It never comes easy. It always comes hard. And, uh, folks, uh, we're going to take a, a hiatus from Ron Moon right now. We're going to get back with him towards the end of the show. And we are going to talk with Dave Evans, who is from St. Petersburg, Florida. Dave, how you doing? Oh, real good, uh, Jack. It, it is I'm Jack, Rob, by right? the way. I'm oh, Rob, Rob, by the way. And, okay, uh, I'm Jack. sorry. <laughs> Jack is also there with us, so it's fine. Um, uh, talk to us a little bit. Uh, first of all, Dave, how old are you? Uh, I'm 65, uh, and in about three three months I'll be 66. <laughs> so I guess I'm closer to 66 than 65. <laughs> and and you're still you're racing carts today, correct? Right, right. I'm I'm uh, running in the Tag Masters uh, in the Florida State uh, Karting Championship Series. Well, man, that sounds great, man. That means I yeah. got a lot of hope. You know, I just turned forty-three, and I thought I was going to have to quit racing soon. So, well, <laughs> I got I got lots of hope. Well, uh, when when I first started to get back into this, uh, I, I uh, inquired around, and they said, "Heck, heck, no! You're you're a young man. You can go ahead and race." So I've been doing it uh, for the last three and a half years. So. <laughs> Now, let's talk a little bit about, you know, it's real interesting, uh, the uh, information that I've got about you here and um, reading through it. Uh, you were racing in the late 50s. Um, talk to us a little bit about your first years of racing, how old you were, what year it was, and what have you. Okay, well, uh, we had moved to Philadelphia from the Texas area, and uh, I, I wanted to get in the Texas area. I wanted to get into half-midget racing, and uh, we were making the move to the Philadelphia area, so we kind of put that on hold and uh, moved to Philadelphia, and, and that's when go-karting in, in 59 started to become more and more popular, and uh, I actually bought my first go-kart from Langhorn Speed Shop in Langhorn, Pennsylvania, and uh, it was, uh, uh, a, I, I couldn't afford the two motors, so I had a West End uh, 580 on there. And the uh, the chassis was a Putnik chassis was the name of it back then, and it was a company out of Atlanta uh, marketing this cart, and uh, raced locally in the Philadelphia area at uh, Bristol Cartway, and uh, did pretty well and, and got enough money saved up that I, I bought a second motor and I I uh, then I, I ran in the twin engine class and uh, joined the Grand Prix cart. Club, am I talking too much? Or <laughs> no, I, I, you go on. Okay, uh, I, I joined the Grand Prix Kart Club of America, which was the uh, uh, kind of the governing body of karting back then. And uh, I, I was lucky enough that I was chosen uh, as the 10,000th member, and I won a uh, free trip to the Bahamas for the Nassau Trophy Road Races and the uh, karting championships down in the Bahamas. And uh, many people wonder, I, I think they wonder how that front panel that's on our carts now with the number on there, it, it's called the NASPA panel. Well, that's how that all came about. If you ran down there, you had to have that front panel with your number on it, and that's how the name came about, NASPA panel. A lot of people, I've told more, 
more people that story, and they didn't realize that. That's where that came from. And uh, I raced from 59 through about 62 because uh, I was 16 and still in high school and uh, kind of got out of high school and got a, I got a car and then interested in other things and uh, didn't do any more kart racing until uh, uh, about four years ago now. <laughs> So what else from can I tell you? Time and, from all that time until until three years ago, so you're talking about yeah. from 17 till 62? Well, from 62 uh, till uh, 2006 is when I got my cart. Uh, oh. I was interested in racing, though. Uh, I, I was always been interested in racing. I, uh, I belonged to the Sports Car Club of America because we had moved back to Chicago and uh, – uh, again, I was getting close to buying a Formula Ford, and uh, once again, we moved from Chicago down here to Florida, and uh, my dad said, well, let's hold off until we move to Florida. It'd be that much less to move down here, and uh, so thus, uh, we moved down here and started looking at some race cars, and then my dad got sick, and he passed away, and uh, I kind of had to start all over again, so... <laughs> And so it's just taken me a while. I've always always loved racing, stock car racing, and uh, midgets, uh, Formula One, Indy car races. Uh, so I've I've always been interested in racing ever since I've been a little boy. From when my dad took me to the first midget car race uh, when I was probably like uh, four or five years old. So <laughs> that's kind of a little bit in a nutshell without going into a lot of detail about. My, my kind of my life of racing. <laughs> right. Um, so did you win this go-kart at that time, being the 10,000th uh, member? Yeah, I, I had a, I had, I had a go-kart that I purchased from the, from the speed shop, and then when you won that uh, as a 10,000th member, uh, you actually won a go-kart uh, with the engines on there, and you got to race with uh, the, the team, whatever team was of the cart that you purchased. And at that time, it was that the team was called Putnik was the name of it, and uh, the fellow was Carl Queen was the president of the company, and I believe I'm trying to remember I think he had four drivers, so we we were with his team down there, and they ran from single engines to uh, uh, to twin engines, and, and back then there was like four or five different classes of of karting. Uh, we didn't have all this weight restriction and things like that. Uh, I, I believe I'm trying to remember now. There was like A class, B class, C class, and I think there was an unlimited class. I, I believe at that time. So we got a chance to be with that team and, and race with them. Uh, and down there in the Bahamas, there was the whole go kart team. Uh, the bug team was there. Uh, the dark dark kart team. Mickey Rupp from Mansfield, Ohio. Uh, the exterminator team uh, that was out of Miami, uh, Jim Rutman's team, uh, and actually Sterling Moss was down there racing a go kart, and uh, so actually he was in the same race, even though I wasn't real competitive. But it was kind of exciting for me to race in a race that Sterling Moss was actually in. So yeah, I tell you, I, uh, I see this cart. It's on the uh, Cardi. Um, period four cycle or period or carding dot four cycle dot com uh-huh. you go to their gallery and you or you search uh dave evans 
you can see a picture of this go-kart in 1960 with the twin engines on it. Oh, cool. <laughs> There's Dave sitting in it right there. I guess that, that would be your father beside you. Is that your father, I guess? Uh, uh, no, that that was actually Carl Queen, the president of uh, the Putnik uh, uh, Cart Company. You look like an excited kid for sure. Oh, I was. You know, that's a cool picture right there, Dave. I mean, you need to go on there and look at it if you haven't. I'm sure you've probably got this picture, but um, it's online, so everybody can see it. If they search your name, they'll they'll find it. And uh, what a go kart! Is that the only picture yeah. you have of that thing? Uh. I do have some black and white pictures that we ran at a, a national race at Bristol Cartway, uh, but they're, I believe they're black and white pictures that I have. Oh, this one, this one's black and white too. You need to get them to Mike Portman and uh, let him get them up on this uh, site because I think it's a, a real piece of history for somebody to see. Somebody like myself who ran a twin-engine Yamaha go kart, 100 cc go kart. I was on the cover of the National Kart News. In uh-huh. uh, 1991, racing um, a Dino chassis cart with twin Yamahas on it. And to see wow. this from 1960, I was born in 1966, so this is from before my time, obviously, and uh, I just think it's pretty cool. Uh, hey, Jack, have you figured out how to pull this picture up yet? Uh, no, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm holding volume six, number three, March 1992, National Cart News. There's the oh, bonehead. Yeah. That's the one that I'm on, yeah. 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 Um, that's what I was looking at. Go kart, Jack, so you could uh, fast reverse, okay, back to see what they look like in 1960 because that was 1992. Reverse 32 later, uh, 32 years later. Go to karting.forcycle.com. Go to their gallery. Search for Dave Evans, and the picture will come up. Or search Mike Portman. All his pictures are are in there. That's what I was saying. You need to get the other one from Mike Portman because I think these folks that are out here that race carts would get a real kick out of seeing uh, something like that. The the one thing a lot of people noticed right off were how narrow the slick tires were. And those were uh, Carlisle tires that we used out of Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And uh, they were hard as a rock. I mean, they last the whole season. <laughs> yeah, it looks like you had uh, six-inch six rims at least. In the rear, they almost might have been seven, and they put smaller rims in the front, it looks like. And, right, and then uh, we had drum brakes. We didn't have any disc brakes back then. Yeah, you can see the brakes. Uh, you can see the brakes under there. And uh, you see how the tail kind of uh, in the rear, that it looks like yeah. a, a scorpion tail? Well, that model was called the scorpion. <laughs> and then uh, the fuel tank was right, right in the back there between the two motors, it should be, as I remember. <laughs> Well, I tell you, Dave, that's that's something else, you know. Uh, sure, when you look back at this picture, it brings back some good memories, you know. Uh, a lot of folks out there have always wanted to be the the person that won something for being the ten thousandth person, you know. And it's, I think that's a real interesting story, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah you and that part, and that somebody all this time has kept track of it, and uh, leave it up to Mike Portman to give you give us your name. And here you are oh. on our show uh, talking about it. Isn't that something? Well, I appreciate it. And I'm really enjoying karting right now, even at my age. And uh, I'm not a front runner. I'm, I'm kind of a mid-pack person. But I, as long as I enjoy myself, what I'm doing, and, and stay somewhat competitive, then uh, the group of guys that I run in the Tag Master uh, class, they're all a bunch of great guys. They're middle-aged, 
uh, you know, up up to up my age, and uh, it just we have a good time, the whole group of us, and uh, I, we, it's just a lot of fun. That's that's all I could tell you. I really enjoy it. I just get a real, real quick. Where, where do you race at most of the time? Uh, my home track. I usually race at a Ocala Grand Prix. Right. Uh, is my Ocala Grand Prix? Yes. Is my home home track. It's a nice track. And, I've seen it. I've been there before. I've raced on it. It's nice. Yeah. And uh, our next race coming up in the the last race of the Florida Karting Championship Series is uh, the 24th and 25th of uh, of July, and it'll be up at Monticello near Tallahassee. And uh, that's a neat track. It's a mile and a tenth long, and it actually has an elevation change to it. All right, Dave. Well, I appreciate you coming on the show on Inside Florida Racing with us and, and to talk about your uh, early racing career and that you're still racing now is, is great to hear. And uh, I want to wish you all the luck. And, um, oh, well, thank hope you. you get wins and just enjoy yourself. And remember, uh, low expectations are the key to happiness. That's right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> well, thanks very much for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> all right. All right. Thanks a lot, Dave. Thanks a lot, Dave. All righty. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right. Hey, Rob, guess what? Interesting. Yeah. During that uh, interview with uh, Dave, it it took the whole interview, but we finally got uh, Ron Moon sorted out here, and uh, we're going to try a different uh, phone with him. Yeah. You know, uh, nothing ever works perfect for us. We have to work at it all the time. Now, did you tell folks about Ron Ron Moon before we went to try to talk to him before? I was so busy, I wasn't really catching all that. No, but uh, he's a many-time WKA national champion and uh, arguably Florida's most successful overcart racer in history. He's uh, accomplished uh, the impossible in 2001, capturing four national titles. Um, you know, the WKA Briggs and uh, the Briggs and Stratton National Dirt Series is very, very competitive, and uh, he's won many, many races in the world's largest karting event, the Dirt Track World Championships that I tell you about in Daytona at the Municipal Stadium. I've told you about that, Jack. That's a real spectacle, something to see. I'm sure we'll get to talk about that. And uh, just to make the A-Main there is an accomplishment. So to get in there and actually win something like that, I believe he's won that a couple times. But we're going to find out. We're going to talk to him about it. He builds motors, moon racing power. All you Carters out there know all about him. And uh, if uh, Jack can just push the right button, we're going to get him on here for you. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Frank Bartles, and this here's my partner, James Brown. As the weather starts getting too hot, we hope you will reach for one of these. New Ben James Brown wine cooler. It tastes good. They come in three funky flavors. Gravity grape, prime of passion fruit, and my personal favorite, papaya. Papaya's got a brand new bag. 
It'll get you off faster than a big city lawyer. And a single pack serves six to ten, just like James. <laughs> New Bartles and James Brown wine coolers. The cooler cooler, made in the cooler. Now behind bars everywhere. And uh, thank you for your support. Carnac.com, your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Movie Theater Ticket Ripper-Upper. Mr. Movie Theater Ticket Ripper-Upper. Truly the long arm of the law at the movie theater. You and a velvet rope are all that keep the huddled masses from a free flick. You're the man Ever vigilant, you boldly demand to see our stuff. Getting a little personal, don't you think? Who's the guy in the military-style uniform that would make any third-world dictator proud? Mr. Movie Theater Ticket Ripper-Upper, that's who. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Stubmaster, because you really tear it up. Mr. Movie Theater Ticket Ripper-Upper. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. Hi, welcome back to this edition of Inside Florida Racing. Yep. Rob, uh, I, I think we finally uh, got this uh, issue straightened out, and we're ready to roll. All right, uh, on the line with us is Ron Moon. Ron, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hitting technology great. <laughs> I'll tell you and, what. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's 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 tough to do this thing that we do uh you know uh yeah. with such short budget that we have. So uh exactly. when we exactly. when we do get it to work out we're always happy. Exactly. I gotcha. I gotcha. We got it all jetted right now, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh Ron, uh we've got you on this uh karting edition of uh Inside Florida Racing. Uh, you uh-huh. know, I've I've been involved in karting for many years and, and racing as well and um Anytime I've been to the races, I always see the stickers on the cart. Moon power, moon power. And, uh, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. That would be you, right? Uh, yeah. 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 Definitely. So, tell us about the, uh, the racing that you've, uh, your accomplishments is what I want to talk to you about, you know, as well as your, your, your motor building. But, um, you've been a many times WK national champion. Maybe talk to the folks a little bit about how you started racing and, uh, how you've gotten to where you are today and some of the accomplishments along the way. Yeah, I started racing while I was eight. Um, there's a little track in Jack's Beach. Uh, it was Cycleback Park. It was actually a little flat track, motorcycle track, and uh, they ran go-karts on it. And I had a, uh, a little Sears Fun Cart, and <laughs> that's, that's what I started with, and it's kind of comical to look back, you know, to think that thing could even be competitive, but it was, and um, that uh, that's pretty much the same track that uh, Lee and Mike Caps uh, started at also. And uh, karting just—it's really been um, a great experience, and has really bonded my family and my friends. And it's just really been a great experience. 
So uh, talk to the folks a little bit about, I went over some of your uh, accomplishments prior to getting you on the phone, and uh, one of the things to me, as a guy that I raced a lot of asphalt karting, and you know I've been racing late models for years, and um, I did a, a lot of karting, you know, and I used to love to go to Daytona and uh, race at, at the uh, big speedway on the asphalt. But one of the things I always did when I went there was at night, I'd go to the Municipal Stadium and mm-hmm. see some real racing. Hey, talk, to little, talk to us a little bit about uh, the Municipal Stadium and maybe how that came about. You were around as early as uh, what year what, did you start racing there? Man, I'm thinking it was at 86 or something. I'm, uh, when I'm did they sure. start racing oh. there? Uh, do what now? When did they start racing at the Municipal Stadium? Um, they actually had another stadium uh, near the hospital, and then they moved it to Volusia County Speedway for a right. few years, and then they they moved it to, you know, then they built the Municipal Stadium and, and had it there. And um, I, I may be wrong. It, it, it may have been, you know, late 80s, I believe, you know. Talk to the folks you about know. what the layout of that track is. Tell them what that oh, track it, is about. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's um, this like it's laid out like a jogging track with lime rock on it. So, uh, the attraction that you get there is, you, it's it's like nowhere else. Um, it's it's flat. Um, back when they first started, it, it used to get terrible rough. So, it you know you'd have you'd have to dodge the holes a little bit, and the, the carts were a lot tighter then, so they'd beat the track out and stuff. But it was a uh, it, it, you always had to do something a little bit different there, and you know, kind of, you know, ad lib your setup and stuff. And um, it it made some really good, uh, you know, racers and, and you know, and a lot of. Real- Hello. Hey, you know, Rob. I Technology. think I think we lost uh, that cell phone there in Indiana. Folks, yes, we'll be right back. Yep. We lost him. We're going to get him right back. We'll be right back. Indiana calling. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Yeah. But where were we're we? Back. Now, Ron. Ron, we heard uh, we were talking about the track and the layout and uh, uh, things like that. And uh, yeah, I, I think I was about where you know the when the cars got freer and the track got 
smoother, and they really got where they could um, prepare that thing well. And uh, it still was uh, something that was, you know, a whole lot. The setup and everything. Every, you there? You still there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the setup, uh, the setup that you had to use there and all was always a little bit different. So it, you had to be original there, you know, and it was always some real good racing, you know. It's just it's a quarter-mile track, flat, you know, right around a, a football stadium, you know, just like a, a jogging track. And yeah, it's that's really what it neat, always you know. reminded me of. seemed like yeah, a jogging is, track around a football exactly. field. That's exactly what it was. And um, uh, not only that, it's just neat being, you know, in Daytona in the winter, and yeah, everybody seemed to migrate down there for that race, and it was just a, it was a really good time, you know. <laughs> I miss it, and they have two thousand go karts, you know, with them races, and it was, right. it was it was just a blast, you know. Hey, uh, do you remember? Uh, do you remember when they used to do the expo and they had the guys running on the in- indoor track, the indoor oh, races yeah. on the cook skirt? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever used yeah. to do that? Yeah, I did it. Uh, I did it for a little bit. Um, I know we take we take the go kart right from the, the stadium, you know, with Lime Rock over there, and uh, <laughs> you know, take it over there, you know, beat around on, on that deal. It was a that was a little bit different, but uh, we kind of you said that right. It. it was a lot you of fun. You said that right. Beat yeah. around on there because that's oh, pretty yeah. much um, what went on in that deal, Jack. You can imagine <laughs> they had this little tiny track, Jack, indoors, and um, it was down on the lower floor, and they had everybody. If you wanted to watch it, you watched it from the top, so you looked down on it. And this track yeah, they packed them in, circle. too. Oh, yeah. yeah, man, they pack them in there. It was a circle, and they'd spread coke syrup all over it to get traction. And they'd bring yeah. out, you know, I guess five or six carts at a time or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever win one of them? Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I was. Leading and got black flags or something for, for running into a guy, I think, uh, there one year. And I think that's uh, that's about it. You know, it's funny to, to think back on that. I remember yeah. uh, there one year I was racing. Black, Bradley Gerald was there racing, and uh, he had a he had a tire that the cord was hanging out of the tire, you know. And back at that, at that point in time, we didn't really realize, you know, that uh, tires with no rubber were a whole lot faster, and he was flying, you know. And I was just going to want Daggum, man, this guy's, you know, these tires going to blow out, you know. He was just skinning it back and, you know, come to find out. Shoot, uh, that's what you needed to do, you know. So. That's right. Did you start out in Jacksonville? Uh, yeah, yeah, I started racing in Jacks Beach, yes, sir. That's funny because, you know, um, you know, I, I'm personally really involved in, in dirt late model uh, media stuff these days in uh uh, I was doing an interview with uh, Daryl Pageant, who's one of the drivers oh, yeah. out of Jacksonville these days, and uh-huh. and uh, I, I was asking him because there's so many good dirt late model drivers coming out of that area over the last exactly. 20 years or so, and I asked him what was in the water up there, and you know what he told me? He said it was because of the strength of the karting programs in the Jacksonville area. Exactly. Yeah, I am. Um you know, when I started at Jack's Beach, and then we and um, went to a little track in McClenny, Florida. You know, and that's where Earl Pearson actually started. Right. You yeah. know, and, and and we, you know, we raced around there for a little bit. And um, uh, it's uh, Johnny Collins. Sure. I know he started. You know, and you know, it, it all comes to you know Lee and Mike Caps, and you know that 
that kind of deal there. But uh, I think there's um, there's you know quite a few others you know coming up through, and you know Earl Earl's really kind of opened the door up you know for a lot of guys coming from carding into dirt late models. You know it's just incredible what he's done. He's he's been very successful and just does a great job. You know yeah, we've we've interviewed him on our show uh, and uh, talked about Jacksonville. You know uh, I always say Jacksonville is the only town that's got a uh, a city-owned go-kart track, you know, uh, the 103rd yeah. Street Complex, the asphalt yeah. part. And, um, Maxville's another racetrack that's on the way there that I'm sure you probably raced at quite a bit yeah. back when they used yeah. to have barbed wire around it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I used to do it. They used to test on Thursday night there, and uh, me and my sister, we'd go out there, and, oh, man, we'd just run and run and run and run, you know, trying this and trying that. <laughs> You know, it was just, uh, you know, that's kind of where I, that, that was always really, you know, really kind of sandy with one groove, you know, so you had to be really perfect on your line to run around there fast. And, you know, if you, if you slipped up one little bit, you know, you was off the track into a hay bale or, you know, in a creek or, you know, or a drain track or something, you know, so you had to be perfect, you know, but I, I loved it, you know, just like to say on a Thursday, you, you know, we just, we, we logged a bunch of laps there, I tell you what, you know, we used to wear motors out and my dad would raise a cane, you know, cause, but we just, you know, trying to get a little faster. So. How old are you, uh, Ron, now? I'm 40. I'm 40 years old. So. Yeah, me and you are about the same age. I'm 43, and yeah. I ran, uh, yeah. I raced a lot of, like I said, asphalt carts and from, like, I guess, uh, 88, 88 to 92, you know, uh-huh. around that time. Ran uh-huh. twin Yamahas over there at, uh, at Jacksonville, third, and yeah. I'd stop. I'd stop with my asphalt cart with the twins on it because they had a, an open class there at Maxville, and we'd run there at night. And yeah. uh, I remember many a times uh, seeing guys go up over the top of that place because, like you said, it only had one line that was down the bottom. So exactly, yeah, right. You know? it, it was yeah. great for an asphalt racer because we like to get down <laughs> yeah. there on the bottom. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, there was no room for error. I think that's why I liked it so much because. You know, you couldn't make a mistake and, you know, walk over, walk out without a limp, you know. It's like you had to be, uh, you had to be right on, you know, to run around there fast. So, so uh, you've been yeah. running around there fast for a while and, uh, you've helped many, many, um, a racer out there, new and beginner and veteran, um, at the track. Um, karting's been good to you. You've been good to karting. Um, what do you see? As somebody that's been involved in it now for a while, what do you see uh, carding in the future? Kind of what? Where's it going? Yeah, I mean, do you, do you see it? Because as far as I can tell, carding to me always seems that it's kept its amount of people. Um, with the economy, I'm sure, like with racing and with everything. Um, there's probably carts that are sitting around and not getting raced and stuff like that. Uh, what do you see the future of karting being? I mean, do you see it continuing to flourish, continue to be a, a proving ground for racing, or do you see it kind of like everything else, you know, maybe coming to uh, a, a smaller venues? Oh, no. Oh, no. It'll um, – I, I think this is only a tip of the iceberg, iceberg you know, on, on what karting could be. For the kids coming up, um, it's it's unbelievable the amount of talent that that, that carding is bred. Um, uh, you know, and there's I see kids coming up that are just 
uh, that, you know, they can keep their head screwed on, they're going to be, you know, really, really, <laughs> really good. And um, I think uh, I think it'll only uh, get better. I see, you know, kind of seeing the both sides of things with the with the dirt light model deal and the go-kart deal. I see a lot of people that have got a dirt late model that trickle down, you know, into the go, you know, what, what they spend on a dirt late model or a crate car or whatever, they can step down and race, you know, uh, be very, very competitive in a go-kart. And, um, you know, the the tire deal has gotten a little bit out of hand. I, it's not as bad now as it was a few years ago. Um, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the motors have gotten better. You know, well, we ain't got to rebuild them as often. Um, the cars have got better. And, um, and the motors the, the have gotten more expensive, too. Uh, they last a whole lot longer. Um, they, <laughs> they, they really last. I remember you used to run them five racing after rebuild them things. Now I've, you know, I've got customers run them, you know, 20, 30 races and they're still going. I mean, it's, they, it, you know, yeah, it's, it, it's a little bit higher initial cost, but they will go and go and go and go. Um, you know, there's not, they, they've done a good job of getting, you know, rid of some, rid of some of the weak links that break in them. And it's, if a guy really, uh, maintenance is that thing well, you know, with, with running a good oil, a good air filter, uh, them things are a while. You know, Ron, what, I'll, I'll tell you one thing we noticed two years ago. Now, I didn't go last year. I wasn't able to go to the PRI show. But the two years ago, um, we noticed because in the previous years that it had been here in uh, in uh, Orlando, uh, two years ago, it was a drastic increase in the number of carting um displays and, and cart uh, businesses at the PRI show. It was a big increase. Yeah, it, um, you know, you look at the correlation, you know, everybody's, you know, trying to go to Winston Cup or, you know, IndyCar or whatever, and it, it's not a very big jump from go-karts to Cup, you know. I mean, it's all about, you know, they got them cars, you know, so good. Where, you know, they got engineers working on them, this, that, and the other. All they need is, you know, somebody really, you know, steer them things really good. And they're looking at, you know, looking at a bunch of these kids and, and go-karts because, you know, what they learn from a go-kart um, as far, you know, being smooth just, just crosses right over to to the to the race cars. And, you know, it, it doesn't take them long uh, you know, to, to to fall right into a, to a cup car. I, I've seen it along the way. You know, they... There, there's there's people I know that have spent more time in go karts than they did on their way to cup. You know, I mean they they could just jump right over you know some of the intermediate stuff and just and, and just go right into the cup deal. So, yeah. um, you know, I see you know being being in Indiana, you know, I've I've seen um, like Gomassi and uh, some of these guys. They they got development you know teams into the midgets and sprint cars and stuff, and you know they they pay attention to what's coming up in the car deal. You know. Um, uh, it's uh, these kids are really getting good, you know. Yeah, look at Ryan Hunter Ray. We interviewed him, and he talks uh-huh. about um, his uh, being in uh, a shifter shape. You know, he, he's got to be in yeah. shifter shape because being uh, in those Indy car shape and being cart say you know shape is nothing like being in shifter shape because he's got to got to be in a lot better shape to race the go karts. And exactly. you know, I guess exactly. to be to be really competitive, if a guy wanted to. Um, buy new and he wanted to buy top of the line cart like you sell outlaw chassis and a, a, uh-huh. a top of the line motor that he can go run points races or whatever with uh with the clutch setup that he needs on there and his tires and everything he's probably going to spend five grand 
before he's done. Yeah, it'll be it'll be five. It'll be right around five grand if he gets his tire. You know, if he buys the right tires. You know, if he gets it all right first, yeah, it'll be five grand. You know, but he could um, take that thing and he could run it for a season just about. Exactly. I we. Let's say he's got to maintenance it right, just like with anything. Um, you know, and like you know, somebody getting into it, I I think they really need to go to the track that sure. they think they're going to run at and do a little research. Um, the whole thing's going to be is 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 knowing what you're getting into. Um, they they just got to understand how tire dependent a go kart is. Uh, that, right. I see some people get into it and they get frustrated and you know blah blah blah, but. A go kart is very, very, very tire dependent, and that's you know what you do ninety percent of your tuning with. You know, if you go into that knowing that and expecting that, then you can kind of expect you know what happens thereafter. But you know, if you go into like some, I see a lot of race car guys. You know, they get into a go kart or just you know want to you know just adjust wedge or you know some rod heights and stuff, and you know it's a totally different deal. So if they understand that going in, you know they can. You know they can spend their money in that area. You know you gotta have a good dependable motor, a good chassis, um, everything rolling free, and then you know get it set up right. Um, you know you can't have stuff falling off and plop around, but and then pay attention to your tires. You know get the thing geared right and 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 really get your tires right. Um, I think if uh, if they know if they know and expect that they can. If they know what they're getting into, they'll just make the the best of it. And, and go to the track and talk to talk to some of the people that are racing. You know, they they can they can keep them from making mistakes. You know, um, right. just just talking to the fellow racers. I mean, you know, the karting community community are just wonderful people. I mean, they'll just it's unbelievable. You know how much they'll help each other, and you know, it's just, it's just great to get involved in. Yeah, I've given plenty of suggestions and over the years of doing this to guys about getting started in any kind of racing, no matter what it is. You want auto racing or kart racing, whatever it is, bicycle racing, I don't care. Whatever it is, you need to go to the races. You need to watch the races. You need to see who does good, and those are the kind of guys that you need to kind of watch, talk to, ask questions, and um, this is the important one. Pick one guy, okay? Yep. When it comes to start buying stuff, and use that guy. Like the guy that we're talking to, you folks in Indiana or even not in Indiana, if you're in Florida, you want to exactly. talk to uh, Ron Moon. How do they get a hold of you, Ron? Oh, 317-887-3477. There you go. You can um, get a hold of Ron. He'll talk to you yeah. through uh, what you need to do. Uh, a lot of times, if you're just starting to get into racing, it's good to buy you stuff, you know, and uh, yeah, they're, let, they're, the, uh, let the guy spend all the money himself. Uh, do you have some used programs to get people in? Uh, yeah, we have used carts, you know, to come in, you know, here or there. Uh, uh, you know, if you're running a local-type program, um, usually you're on softer tires, and a lot of the older carts will work fine. Um, only when you really go to, you know, some of the bigger races, um, the – you know, those those tracks really get biting hard, and, you know, you need a lot for your carts, and, you know, some of the new stuff is what you'll need to step into because the competition will be, you know, so much bigger. But um, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of used, you know, good used stuff out there. It's just when you go to to buy your tires, just, just make sure you get that right, you know. If <laughs> there's one the thing main. that we're going to get out of this interview with you, Ron, we're going to know. Yeah. 
that go-kart yep. racing on the dirt is all about tires. It's not all about it, but just, you know, somebody, somebody that's in it, that's been in it for a little bit, they know. It's just, you know, somebody just getting started. They, if they can get into it and, you know, and understand that, it'll be much pleasure, much more pleasurable experience for them, you know. Yeah. And it never ends, Ron. It doesn't matter it's what that, you race today. It's all about tires. Yeah. because It's pretty much, but, yeah, go-karts, it's so light. The tires are so big. They corner so fast. You know, it's, it's just all about just a little bit of, uh, you know, just a little bit of traction in the track or, or or a little more traction that the rubber gives to the track will just make such a big difference with them things, you know, just because there's no other, um, you know, there's no shock or spring or anything to absorb it. It's all just, you know, pretty much, a, you know, a rigid chassis with a little bit of wedge in it and some cast and canter set and all, all with a, you know, where the rubber meets the, ru- meets the dirt, you know. That's, that's what it's all about, and it seems like on dirt racing. Well, folks, if you want to check out uh, the stuff that Ron Moon's got to offer, you can go to his website, moonpower.com. That's M-O-O-N-P-O-W-E-R.com. Ron, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us on Inside Florida Racing. Is there uh, anything else that you want to get out there to all the folks listening? No, just just like to uh, wish everybody the best and, you know, anything I can do to help – just holler. You know, it's been an honor to be on your show, and thanks for having me. Thanks a lot, Ron. And remember, Alrighty. folks, get you the right tires. Get the right tires. You know, better <laughs> get the right tires, I'm telling you. All right, Ron. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate hey, it. Thank you. All right, good night. All right. Bye. Hey, uh, Ron Moon of Moon Power. And, uh, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, when you don't have springs and shocks, you know, when you get used to racing cars and you got all these springs and shocks, things are a lot easier and, uh, goes to show you when you don't have it it's all about the tires yeah before we talk to hey rob before we talk to uh the karting promoter uh daryl leg i'll tell you there's some news here in the karting world in florida this week that uh is something that i'm really really glad to hear and and um i've been thinking about this for a while the desoto champ cart series has officially changed its name to the southeast champ cart series Good for them. Makes a whole lot more sense. And I've been thinking about that, and I, I think I mentioned it a couple of times, but uh, when the series originally started in uh, 2005, uh, DeSoto Speedway was the only track on the schedule. But since then, they race all over. They race four other tracks, and they got a triple crown around Florida. And so the members uh, recently voted unanimously uh, so to change the name so that it's not associated with any one particular um track and uh, it raced this past saturday night the series southeast champ carts at citrus county speedway who won joey coaxham claimed the title in his first race with the series uh, and uh, jd Cor- yeah jd corden came in second kenner brown in third and third uh, i bet jd wished that that guy hadn't have started his first race that day yeah i bet he did I bet you're right. Let's take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk to a kind of interest. I think this is going to be very interesting, uh, talking to a promoter who's uh, got some different ideas about how to get things done, even in carding. Good. I like to hear it.
Uh, Rob, that old Rocket 69, man. Rocket 69. You know who that is, right? That's rock bottom, you know. I'll tell you, if you don't know who that is, I'll tell you all about it later. But uh, that is rock bottom. <laughs> I've, I've hit rock bottom a couple times. Yeah. So now we're going to talk to a promoter from the game. Yeah, very interesting. You know, we talk to uh, race car promoters all the time, and I'm sick of talking to race race car, racetrack promoters. Uh, so it would be nice to talk to uh, somebody that's a little diversified and a little different. Um, Daryl Legg, how you doing, Daryl? Good, guys. How y'all doing? Great to be on the show. Uh, we're doing great. Nice to have you on the show. Uh, talk to us a little bit about um, your deal. Um, well, we've had a, uh, a basically a go-kart track. It's uh, nothing but carts is all we've had since 1992. And uh, we were a paved track for uh, about 15 years. And uh, actually went off of that and uh, expanded in our track. It's, it's located in Coco. There's a little uh, one six mile track, and uh, we started a little series a few years ago, back in 2005, which we incorporated the Orlando Speed World stock car track into it, just for the carts. So, so we uh, get the track and have our carts come over, and that's all there is is carts on that track as well. And uh, from that, we we went into a state series with a couple of other tracks, a track up in Jasper, Florida, and I had a, a three track series going there for a while with just the carts. And uh, I met a guy named Jimmy Sims with the FKA during that, and uh, he's kind of persuaded me since then to go to dirt. So we went to dirt a couple years ago and uh, at the track over here in Coco, and uh, basically left the pavement down with the clay on top of it. And uh, here recently we just started again uh, running the Orlando Series, a separate series of our dirt track. that uh, We run the stock car track once a month now with just the carts as well. Also, we've got uh, many cups and slingshots running with us when we go to the speed roll track. What's the name of the uh, website for that racetrack? It's uh, HurricaneKartingInc.com. Hurricane Karting? Yep, Hurricane Karting Inc. So Hurricane Karting with a K and then INC.com. Got it. I've actually got pages for both, both tracks on it. You've got the Hurricane Speedway, which is the dirt track, and then the Orlando Series is called the Central Florida Oval Series. Why, why did you decide to do it to take it to the dirt? Um, just in the uh, history of karting, uh, dirt's always been more popular as far as uh, participants. And uh, we were we were involved in the pavement deal for quite a few years with the World Karting Association as well. We, we sponsored this national series in pavement for about eight years. And uh, we got out of that and just started concentrating on our local track. And... Uh, like I said, when I met, met with Jimmy Sims and them guys, they uh, kind of persuaded me to go to the dirt and talked about how the numbers would probably get better. And then plus he had told us we'd probably get a, a state race with the FKA if we went to the dirt. And we had that last year. So that was one of the main reasons for doing it, just trying to get more participants. And uh, it's usually about four or five to one more participants on dirt than it is on the pavement. And, uh, I like both myself. I don't know what, why the dirt is more popular, but uh, it's, it's definitely different. And like I said, I like both types of racing, but uh, there's always been more participation on the dirt tracks. So, um, do you guys uh, have money races? Yeah, we do. We have money races occasionally. Most of the time, we've got a year-long point series. Being that we're in Florida, we can pretty much run all year long. So, uh, usually, once every couple months, we'll have a money race of some some sort. But uh, depending on what we can get for sponsors to uh, pay out or... If some 
sometimes we have to rely on our own uh, participants for their entry fees to pay back money. So. Well, that's an interesting co- uh, concept. You know, uh, you take the entry fee and pay back 50%. So, you know, there's no yeah. secret there. Yeah. If you guys don't get a car count, you're not going to win much money. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hit or miss depending on how many people show up. So, But, uh, yeah, sometimes we'll do more than 50%. You know, we'll try to do 80%. Every now and then we'll throw in a class for money that uh, we'll pay back 100% of a couple of the classes that night. So... But we do have overheads. We have to make a little bit of money. Daryl, so. I have a, I have one of those questions. You know, and I, I'm not all that up on carts. I'm like really kind of a, 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 trying to get a grip on a lot of this stuff. And uh, um, let me ask you: Is it more? Uh, what's the difference in expense for? Uh, in other words, does it cost people more to keep up their equipment running on dirt as opposed to asphalt, or is that just something silly? Not true. No, not not with the carts. It's not. It's uh, probably the other way around. The pavement wise, just from what we've learned when we used to race it, is uh, tires are everything. And uh, if you have new tires to run up front, if you don't have them, you're probably not going to be up front. And uh, as far as dirt racing goes, uh, you can usually get away with a little bit older tires. And uh, depending on the level you're racing at, if you're at a local event on a Saturday night, you can usually have older tires, and chassis don't have to be as updated as most, and you can still be competitive with it, to where on the pavement you pretty much have to have the latest, greatest chassis and tires to uh, be competitive with it, and the dirt seems to be a little bit more forgiving in that matter, so I think it's definitely a little bit cheaper with the, uh, the dirt. Is there more driver involved? I mean, it's probably not the right way to word it, but is, is it more, does the driver have a bigger influence on dirt than he does in, 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 on, on asphalt, by and large? Um. I believe so. I believe there's a little, you know, I mean, it, it, as far as pavement to dirt with drivers, it's, uh, I mean, you got to be smooth and on pavement is real important. Where on, on dirt, smooth is still fast as well. But uh seems like on dirt, it, obviously the track sometimes have different grooves you can make the cart run in and stuff like that. And uh, so it definitely has a little bit more input, I think, with the, with the dirt. And I think it's a good experience, especially for younger ones that are starting out you know, to be on the dirt, it teaches them how to correct a little bit better and be smooth when they do it. So I think that uh, somebody starting out on dirt, and eventually if they do go to pavement in a car or something like that, I think that definitely helps them. Hmm. Okay. There's no doubt that the, the carting uh, is, Jack, uh, definitely the smoothness that you have to have racing such a short wheel-based vehicle um, just is tenfold when it goes into a car. It's easier for a guy that is a great a mediocre go-kart racer to get into a car and do a pretty decent job. A great go-kart racer gets into a car, he's going to be able to go out there and drive it without a whole lot of problem because he's already used to being very smooth, feeling the car. You know, the tire thing, um, you know, um, if you're going to be competitive, then you're going to have to work with your tires. The thing on the dirt, it's not like the asphalt. Asphalt, you need brand new tires all the time. The dirt, you just need your tires prepared correctly. And they take the brand new tires and they shave down the rubber off of them, you know, to get them uh, done correctly. So, you know, a guy that's got tires a little bit wore out, as long as he prepared them right, um, he's still going to be able to uh, go out there and do stuff. But let me ask you this about the uh, – I kind of see why you did the dirt thing because, you know, we've seen, you know, asphalt car tracks go to the dirt thing and it pick up. And there's no doubt that dirt cart racing – 
is just as it is in uh, asphalt racing uh, for cars, Jack, is that um, dirt's just popular in carts, very popular in carts, very competitive. A lot of carts show up at these tracks when they race. The asphalt races, there's a lot of carts that show up, but they got a multitude of classes usually, um, not so much common classes. You know, they've got a multitude. So, yeah, smaller car, cart counts in those things. So it kind of makes sense for him to put the dirt on his track and then um, working with Orlando Speed World, it gives him an awesome asphalt track to work with. So sure enough. It's kind of a kind of a win-win situation for him. Um, since you've changed it to dirt, how long has it been? We went to dirt in uh, July of uh, 2007. So since you've almost, had almost two time two, now. Almost two years. Yeah, almost two years. Uh, it's been a great decision for you, yes? Yeah? Uh, yeah, it's starting to uh, show. It's uh, timing timing with everything there. We we went to dirt. And of course, the way the economy is today, a lot of people are having a hard time racing anything. But uh, it's the economy uh, went to dirt too. Good. Yeah, it's um, it's been a learning process too for us. I mean, pavement track. We, we used to show up 15 minutes before the race and blow the track off and go racing. So uh, dirt's a little more detailed than that when you're preparing a track. So uh, it's been a Big learning curve for us, but I think we're getting it figured out pretty good, and uh, it's actually very enjoyable. And I can see the attraction to it because it's uh, almost like you go to a dirt track, and it's like you're going to a, a new track every week, so it's always different, you know, depending on the weather and how wet the track gets and situations. So it's uh, definitely a challenge for everybody. I think that's part of the draw to it. How big is the track again? It's uh, one sixth of a mile, so about 920 feet in circumference. How much dirt did you have to pack over the con- over the asphalt? Oh, well, we got uh, <laughs> we actually already put the original amount of dirt we put on was uh, about eighty loads, eighteen yard loads on the dump truck. About eighty eighty loads originally, and since then we put about forty on top of that. So uh, is that more than twelve inches up? <clears throat> no, actually we got in the corners. In the corners, we probably got about twelve inches. And straightaways were probably about four inches, actually. And uh, that's the thing with the dirt. Every time it rains, you lose something, so you got to keep <laughs> keep refilling it, you know. So yeah, you had to you had to get you a box blade. You probably didn't have that before. No, I didn't. Didn't have that, and a lot of other things. <laughs> I got quite a bit of stuff now. So. Well, um, uh, something else I noticed. Uh, something that you have here is driver bucks. Uh, for your guys that uh, participate um, all the time. Talk to us about that a little bit. About the what? I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. The driver participation payback, the driver bucks? Oh, yeah. You know we got some, uh, yeah, we've got cards that we give out. Actually, I got the idea from Mike Portman from the uh, Southeast Champ Car Series. <clears throat> he, was, he was talking about it one day, and uh, uh, they, what we do is we hand out cards and uh, give them to the drivers, and they get driver bucks. And what they do is give them to a friend or family or whoever they want to give the car to, and when that person uh, displays the card at the gate when they come to the track, they get a $2 discount on the entry to the track, and then in return, we give the driver a dollar uh, dollar discount, so whenever they save up to their $25 entry fee, they can get a free entry out of it. Yeah, we know where that came from, don't we, Rob? <laughs> Bobby Deal. That came, that, like a Bobby that came from that came from Bobby Bucks down at Charlotte County Motorsports Park. Well, you yeah. know Mike Portman. Mike, Mike Portman. He pays attention. That's right. He does. That's one of those things yeah. that. Uh, and you know what? 
and you listen. That's that's the thing. It sounds like you're a guy that likes to listen a little bit, you know, maybe to some input from other people, and that's important being a promoter, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, Mike does a great job of, uh, with promoting sport, so uh, definitely when he's uh, talking about something, we pay attention to it. Yeah. And, uh, awesome. uh, I, I pay attention to a lot of the stock car tracks as well, see what they're doing, and uh, try to get some new ideas, you know, so... You want to talk about uh, talk about cart count um, since you changed the dirt? Uh, your cart count grown? Uh, when we first went to dirt, it did. It, uh, we went from on the pavement. We actually got down. We were only drawing about uh, fifteen carts, and uh, we were at a point with uh, the pavement that that needed some repair work. And so we were kind of up in the air to either fix the pavement or bring dirt in. So we decided to go bring the dirt in. And when we first started out, uh, originally we were over double, about triple the cart count originally, and uh, this year it kind of fell off a little bit. We're we're averaging about 25 carts this year at our track, which is, I mean, it's it's not great, believe me, but uh, we're we're still going at it, and there's just like I said with the economy the way it is, we get people all the time calling, so they just can't afford to do it at the moment. But uh, we're looking forward to coming back when they can, you know. So. Well, that was a great economic move for you guys since the track needed to be fixed anyways. You fixed it by dumping dirt over the top of yeah, Oh, Bobby exactly. Deal's not listening. He might just, start thinking just, about that. The track gets tore up. Daryl, do you, do you run it every week? Uh, our dirt track, we run every first and third Saturday. I got you. Okay, twice a month. And yeah. then, uh, the Orlando series is kind of uh, either a second or a fourth weekend. I kind of try to work the schedule out around other tracks. Sure. That one, so. sure. Do the same but, guys uh, that run on the dirt go to Orlando? Yeah, yeah, a lot of them do. Yeah, most of the guys that show up at Orlando race dirt uh, on their home track somewhere else. It's a dirt track usually. So, but, and see, uh, that's another thing, uh, Jack. That's different from say, you know, the auto racing. If you got a dirt car, or an asphalt car, you know, depending on what kind of car it is, it's not so easy. Right. To take it from track to track. Exactly. So, you know, the carters yeah. they can kind of kind of do both, especially with the Champ Cart series. I know those guys are easily go back and forth. Yeah, yeah, they can. There's uh, yeah, some of the guys even use the same tires. Amazingly enough, and uh, and, uh, and the new new box stock class we've got, uh, they run a spec tire and they can use those on the dirt or on the pavement. So them guys pretty much go over there and change their setup just a little bit and go racing on the pavement and you go right back to the dirt with no problems. Where where exactly, uh, Daryl? I'm sorry. Where exactly are you located? Uh, the the dirt track is in uh, on. Canaveral Grove Boulevard in Cocoa. Cocoa Beach. Yeah, Cocoa. Yeah, Cocoa. Yeah. Jerry, about how old are you? I'm 48. 48. Did you used to race? Uh, did you used to race carts or bicycles as a kid? Yeah, I used to race uh, back in the. I started racing carts back in the 80s. Yeah, and uh, actually, good story there. I. I I've been around stock car tracks since I was a kid, about eight years old. My dad used to be a security guard at a racetrack here in O'Galley. And uh, when I grew up and started working, I wanted to build a late model. And uh, went out and bought a set of heads and a carburetor and a set of headers. And it took me about six months to get that far. I realized I was going to be about ten years in the making of a stock car. So I uh, sold everything I had and bought me a go-kart and started racing it. And wish I'd have done that to begin with, actually. So uh, I definitely have a... Great love for the sport. I think it's great. It's affordable, and uh, I like it. And uh, I used to race myself, and uh, I raced both as well. I raced pavement tracks and dirt tracks, and 
pretty much the attitude I had then was whatever track I was on that night was the best track. So it was, I really enjoyed it. So. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on Inside Florida Racing with us and talk about Hurricane Speedway. Uh, for you folks out there that would like to check out Hurricane Speedway, you can go to their website at hurricanekartinginc.com. That's H-U-R-R-I-C-A-N-E-K-A-R-T-I-N-G-I-N-C.com. Check it out, Hurricane Speedway. Um, they got all kinds of stuff on there to look at, pictures of cart, their schedule. Um, your point series that you run, uh, what kind of prizes do you give at the end of the year for points winners? Um, normally with the, the kids class, we try to give out about five foot trophies, of course, for the, for that part of it. And then, uh, usually tires, jackets, uh, usually racing related, uh, items, you know, uh, but the, the kids enjoy the big trophies. I don't think they got anything else as long as they get that big trophy, they would enjoy it. But we always try to, we always try to overdo ourselves on the banquet, definitely. And, uh, hopefully they, uh, will come back for the following season, you know. But uh, we, uh, our banquets too. We have a, a very good time at them. It's uh, we've got a real good group of people that race. It's uh, very family oriented, oriented, and uh, so we try to have a good time at our banquets. But uh, but pretty much we get uh, like I said tires, and we got actually some of the the car shops here in Florida and, and even out of state help us out when it comes to banquet time and give out uh, stuff for the awards banquet as far as uh, prizes and what have you. So you guys run. 16 classes every week when you run? Not every week. It varies. Uh, on average, there's about uh, probably 8 to 10 classes a week. All right. And, uh, and we've got a uh, July 11th, we've got a uh, FPBS race, which is a WKA Florida Dirt Divisional. Uh, they'll be coming to the Hurricane Speedway on July 11th. And uh, they run about 16 classes in that. And uh, that's also going to be uh, that's a points race for them. And uh, there's also we've got uh, a couple of sponsors putting up money for some money races. It's going to be about four or five money races that day, also. All right, that's July the 11th, correct? July, yes, July the 11th. And uh, there again, if you want to check it out, go to HurricaneCardingInc.com, and you can uh, see all that. Uh, Daryl, I appreciate yep. you taking the time to talk with us. And uh, anything else you want to get out there? Yeah, I could. I'd like to thank some of our track sponsors, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Like the uh, Caprita Appliance and Air Conditioning in Melbourne. Uh, you can reach them at 321-723-1314. Also, Bella's Market Indoor Flea Market. Brand new indoor flea market opening up uh, August 1st. It's at the uh, corner of 528-441 on South Orange Blossom Trail. Uh, they got spaces available. You can call them at 407-374-2773. Also, I'd like to thank uh, All Provard Rigging. They're located on 520 and Coco, 321-631-2838. And uh, especially want to thank my uh, crew at the track. we got Alan Donovan-Dez, Alice Koval, uh, my wife Mindy, Tom Shemp, Jerry Foster, Dan Smith, Steve Barassi, Dan Weathersby, and Greg Stimiziani. Those guys, uh, tell you what, since we went to dirt, if I didn't have them, it'd be tough. So uh, definitely like to thank them guys. All right, well, that's man. good of you as a promoter to uh, thank all your crew and uh, realize that you can't do it without them. Uh, you guys yeah, just don't get too big a hit that he said that. Yeah. I appreciate you guys having me all right. as well. Thanks, thanks a lot, Daryl. Appreciate you coming on. Very informative, man.
Very informative. All right, guys. Yeah. All right, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, thank All you. All right. Good luck with the rest of the season. All right, appreciate it, guys. All right, bye-bye. Bye. And you know, Rob, uh, we just have to remind uh, ourselves and everybody else that we we got to thank uh, the Southeast Champ Cart Series because they're one of the sponsors of this show. And uh, Mike Portman has been absolutely uh, indispensable um, in creating this whole thing on uh, Real Racing USA with karting. And uh, thank him and the Southeast Champ Cart Series. Wednesday night, Dirt World here on Real Racing USA, 7.30. Joe Dirt and Billy the Kid talk to some of the top dirt late model and sprint car drivers in the country, in Florida and the country. They talk to all the big names. That's 7.30, Dirt World. Coming up this weekend, Rob, we're going to be over at uh, Volusia uh, Speedway Park for the, uh, I believe it's the third annual, Scott Thompson Memorial. And... uh, it will probably live up to uh, all the expectations, 45 to 50 cars expected. The grandstands will be packed. It's going to be a whale of a show. The United Dirt Late Mile Challenge Series is uh, getting a little amped up here as we go into the summer months. All right. Uh, did we get all of our news out? The Florida Champ Cart League is sanctioning the first annual double dip at Armadale Speedway on July the 4th. In the morning, the senior champ cart racers will race for $500 to win in their feature on the quarter-mile paved oval. In the afternoon, the senior champ racers will move to the fifth-mile dirt track located on the same grounds. The feature will also pay 500 to win, and the driver that scores the best finishes on both the pavement and the dirt will collect an additional $500. So there you go. Uh, if you're ready to win 15 hundo. Go to Auburndale Speedway on July the 4th and get ready for fireworks. Go to FloridaChampCartLeague.com, and you can check it out. We want to thank uh, Ron Moon and uh, David Evans, Daryl Legg. Great guests. Very, very informative. Um, uh, little, little, little Took a little time to get Ron Moon going with our phone connections, but that was uh, very, very uh, interesting and informative. And uh, Hey, Rob, you know what we're going to do when we're out of here? Soon, Real Racing USA is going to replay the Powell Memorial. The, of course, we broadcast that live on the Internet uh, last Friday, and uh, we're going to replay that as soon as we're out of here so you can listen to some dirt racing, 75 laps of it. And uh, next week uh, we'll get Drew Brandon on for his uh, yes, driver I- of the month. I tried to get in touch with Drew today and was unsuccessful, uh, so we'll try to see if we can get that done next week. Appreciate you guys uh, listening out there, uh, all you Carters out there that uh, tuned in tonight. Remember, you need to tune in every Monday night. If you can't tune in from 7 to 9 on Monday night, you can always download it anytime during the week. And, uh, you know, you Carters are important. And uh, the more that we talk to these guys that race all kinds of things and it all revolves back to karting so that's why we're here mike portman thanks a lot buddy cc get better inside same time next week inside florida racing